Welcome to the Covenant Journey Podcast. We hope to inform, inspire, and encourage you to deepen your faith, knowledge, and love of our Lord Jesus as we explore the timeless treasures of the Bible. Join us now as we explore God's Word. Standing firm against adversity. We're going to be talking about this from the book of Daniel. I'm Matt Staver, founder and chairman of Covenant Journey. In Daniel chapter 2, that is where the king has a vision. That is the vision of the large statue. And then God gives the interpretation of that vision to Daniel. This particular passage, though, is in Daniel chapter 3, because as the king now gets the interpretation of that vision, that there's another kingdom coming after him, and there's another kingdom coming after that kingdom, and then there's going to be a disintegration of the power of the kingdoms with the feet of that particular statue made of a mixture of clay and metals, he instead of getting the message, wants to make sure that his kingdom is one that he wants to have forever. So he creates an image, and it's an image of this statue. But he creates it all in the same metal, as opposed to the various metals that ultimately are depicted in chapter 2. So chapter 3 is when this particular image is created to honor the king and to essentially say that this king and his kingship will go on forever. Chapter 3, verse 8. Therefore, at the time, certain Chaldeans came forward and maliciously accused the Jews. They declared to King Nebuchadnezzar, O king, live forever. You, O king, have made a decree that every man who hears the sound of the horn, the pipe, the lyre, the trigion, harp, Bagpipe and every kind of music shall fall down and worship the golden image. And whoever does not fall down and worship shall be cast into a burning, fiery furnace. There are certain Jews whom you have appointed over the affairs of the province of Babylon, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. These men, O king, pay no attention to you, They do not serve your gods or worship the golden image that you have set up. Now, if you remember in chapter 2, this image that the king saw in the vision is of a statue, and the head was gold, and then you have the changing of the material composites going from the chest and also the legs and eventually down to the feet so that as you go down, there is a progression and, frankly, a digression of power. So what this king did is he created a statue of all gold so that it represents him and that there's only one kingdom, that there's no kingdoms after him, and that he then decreed that we're going to put this statue in a prominent place and we're going to gather everybody together and all these different Musical instruments will sound, and those that are gathered, you need to bow down and you worship the golden image, which is to worship King Nebuchadnezzar. And what we see is, against this pressure of everyone bowing down, there are three Hebrews, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, that continue to stand up. They do not bow. Obviously, their 
vertical position is quite noticeable when everybody bows down. So these people come to the king and say, yeah, these people that you've elevated high up in your kingdom, they're not listening to you, and they will not serve you or your gods, and they will not bow down to this golden image that you have set up, and they have disobeyed the law, the law that the king had actually decreed. Very serious charge. Verse 13, chapter 3, Then Nebuchadnezzar, in furious rage, commanded that Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego be brought. So they brought these men before the king. Nebuchadnezzar answered and said to them, Is it true, O Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, that you do not serve my gods or worship the golden image that I have set up? Now, if you are ready, when you hear the sound of the horn, the pipe, the lyre, the trijon, harp, bagpipe, and every kind of music, to fall down and worship the image that I have made, well and good. We'll call it even. We'll all go home. But he says, if you do not worship, you shall immediately be cast into a burning, fiery furnace, and who is the God who will deliver you out of my hands? Pompous response that he gave to these three. But listen to Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And I want you to think through what they experienced. Because it's very easy to read these stories or hear the stories when you're younger and not go through the minute by minute, the hour by hour, the day by day process that any human being would experience or feel or think if they were in a similar situation. Verse 16. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego answered and said to the king, O Nebuchadnezzar, we have no need to answer you in this matter. If this be so, our God, whom we serve, is able to deliver us from the burning, fiery furnace, and he will deliver us out of your hand, O king. But if not, be it known to you, O king, that we will not serve your gods or worship the golden image that you have set up. Can you imagine an answer like that? Can you imagine if you were to answer that way? Imagine, first of all, before we even get to this point, a decree comes down, and somebody then tries to say, this is a Romans 13 situation. You've got to obey the government. No, I think it's more of a passage in Matthew where Jesus is speaking, and he says, Regarding this coin that has the image of Caesar, you need to render to Caesar what belongs to Caesar, but to God what belongs to God's. The church doesn't belong to God. Worship doesn't. Uh, the church doesn't belong to Caesar. It belongs to God. Worship doesn't belong to the state. It belongs to God. You need to pay taxes because that does belong to Caesar, and that's what he was saying. But. What belongs to God, you have to render to God, not to Caesar. So this is not a Romans 13 situation. It is one of those situations where you have to make a decision to be faithful to God, despite what the consequences are. And so here, the consequences for these people was death. They knew it. And when they ultimately were assembled and the peer pressure on them could have been beyond imaginable because everybody else bowed down. They not only had their colleagues there that said, why are you not bowing down? Then this is disrespectful. You're terrible. 
You need to honor the king, honor his gods. All of the other enforcers are probably roughing them up. And then, obviously, these people go directly to the king and say, this is what they're doing. And now the king summons you. Oh, my goodness. Imagine how you feel. Imagine the terror. I understand that it is easy to read these, and they just stood up, and you can read it as though they had no concern. Look, they're human beings. They're human beings. And so their hearts were beating. They were beating fast. And as they talked to each other, did you get summoned from the king? Yes. What are we going to do? And they had to talk back and forth about their response. The king gave them an out. Now, look, we'll just give you one more shot. We'll call it even, and we'll go home. And then, by the way, if you don't, I'm going to throw you in this burning furnace. Who wants to be burned up alive? Nobody. And you don't have anybody who can deliver you. What kind of God? Who is the God that's going to deliver you out of my hands? But they said, you know, we don't really need to think much about that because if, in fact, that's the case, the God whom we serve, he's able to deliver us. But even if he doesn't, even if he chooses not to intervene, we're not going to bow down and serve your gods. Uh, the king became furious and filled with anger, and he charged that these three people be thrown in the furnace. So he ordered the furnace to be heated seven times more than it was usually heated. It was very hot. He ordered that they be bound with tight ropes. So he ordered the mighty men of his army to bind them and then to cast them into the fiery furnace. These men were bound in their cloaks and their tunics, their hats and their other garments, and they were then thrown into the fiery furnace. And because the king's order was urgent and the fire furnace had overheated, the flame of the fire literally killed the men who got close enough to throw them into the fiery furnace. And when they threw them in, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego fell bound in the burning, fiery furnace. The king Nebuchadnezzar was astonished, and he rose up in haste as he's watching this. And he declared to his counselors in verse 24, Did we not cast three men bound into the fire? They answered and said to the king, True, O king. He answered and said, But I see four men, unbound, walking in the midst of the fire, and they are not hurt, and the appearance of the fourth is like a son of the gods, the son of God. This is a divine being who appears to be there with them, a fourth person. He approached as uh, close as he could to the furnace, and he called out, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, servants of the Most High God, come out and come here. Then Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego came out from the fire, and the satraps and prefects and the governors and the king's counselors gathered together, and they saw that the fire had not had any power over those, their bodies, the hair of their heads was not singed, their cloaks were not harmed, and no smell of fire had come upon them. And King Nebuchadnezzar ultimately answered, Blessed be the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, who has sent his angel and delivered his servants who trusted in him, and set aside the king's demand, command, and yielded up their bodies rather than serve and worship any god except their own god, 
Therefore I make a decree, any people, nation, or language that speaks anything against the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego shall be torn limb from limb, and their houses laid in ruins, for there is no other God who is able to rescue in this way. Then the king promoted Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in the province of Babylon. It's an amazing story. I encourage you to spend some time with it. We've been talking, and today we've continued this conversation, with regards to being in difficult places. We talked about Moses in the Exodus, leaving Egypt with Egypt in your rearview mirror, but then the Pharaoh changing his mind, and they pursue uh, the armies of Pharaoh, come after the Israelites, and they are going to kill them. Now the people grumble against Moses. There's no way out because they can't go back, they can't go right or left, and they can't go forward because there's the Red Sea in front of them. And in the midst of all of that opposition, Moses, no doubt, he is now calling on God, begging him to intervene. And God says, go forward. And Nakshan is the first one who goes forward and he puts his foot in the water and the waters open up and they go through the Red Sea parting. Then we have the story of Esther. She's brought to the kingdom for such a time as this. And yet there's an irrevocable decree. And Esther is living at a time post-Babylon. This is part of that image. Babylon was the golden head. Then you have Medo-Persia as the second kingdom that ultimately overpowered Babylon. Now Esther is living in that second kingdom depicted in that statue of Daniel, chapter 2. And she's living there, and this decree comes out that all the Jews on a certain day are going to be killed. And there's no way around it. And Haman is the one who wants to kill these Jews, and he wants to kill Mordecai. To make a long story short, we've talked about this before, but you can read it, and I encourage you to do so, in Esther, after prayer and intervention, God ultimately intervened, and a miraculous turn of events happened where, indeed, the decree was not revoked, it could not be, but a second decree was added that the Jews could defend themselves, and they did. And today they celebrate the Feast of Purim. This story here is another miraculous story of God's intervention. And whether it's a problem that you face personally in your family, with your own situation, or in our country where it appears that things are not going the way that you had hoped or even prayed, or around the world, remember that God is still in control, and He's the same God who brought the children of Israel out of Egypt and did the miraculous. The same God who ultimately preserved the Jews and Esther during the Persian decree that was going to kill every one of them and wipe them off the map. The same God who ultimately preserved in a miraculous way Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Remember that there is no template for these people. They didn't read the story of the three Hebrews in the fiery furnace. We do. Moses hadn't read any crossing of the Red Sea. Esther hadn't read something about how an irrevocable decree would ultimately be overcome, one that would ultimately be designed to kill all of the Jews. They didn't have that template. What they did is they had faith, but in that daily walk, they not only pressed in with the Lord, but just like you and I, they would have those times of questions, doubts, fears, panic, 
And yet they continued to press into the Lord, and the Lord ultimately intervened, and miracles happened. And the same God of Moses and the Israelites in the Exodus, and Esther and the Jews in Persia, and the three Hebrews in Babylon is the same God who created the universe, the same God who was then, the same God who is now, and the same God who will be forever and ever. And he is asking for you to enter into a personal relationship with him. So I encourage you to read his word, think about it regularly. It's nice to read other people's views of the Bible, but you need to read the Bible itself. Read it, read it, read it, and press into the Lord with your prayer and your quiet time with him. For more information, visit covenantjourney.org. You've been listening to the Covenant Journey podcast. We hope that we have informed, inspired, and encouraged you to deepen your faith, knowledge, and love for our Lord Jesus as we've explored the Word of God. Visit covenantjourney.org where you can obtain additional notes and information to enhance your study of the scriptures. The website again is covenantjourney.org. You can also email us at cj at covenantjourney.org. Share this podcast with your friends. Visit covenantjourney.org.